If you've moved here to Nashville from any major city around the world, New York, London, Los Angeles, the first thing you're going to find out when you're trying to go out and do something fun on a Thursday, who knows what's going on? I mean, this seems to be this big it city, but uh, does anybody know what's actually happening here? There is no Time Out magazine. There is no New Yorker. And in order to know what's what, you kind of have to know somebody. I mean, we're all really sure that something's happening. After all, it's Nashville. The Urbanite magazine has become that. This conversation with Ashley Curry, the founder of Urbanite magazine, might just be the person you need to know, not only for those reasons, but also in about 2018, I remember sitting down at a coffee shop, the Post East Nashville, where Ashley said, hey, I think I'm starting a magazine. And it was the Urbanite. And a few weeks later, there it was sitting in front of me. I thought to myself, can you just do that? Well, yeah. A few years later, fast forward now, we're starting the Museum of Presence. And so in, in a way, this conversation with Ashley Curry is kind of a conversation with a very early inspiration. It took a long time for this to come to life, but uh, I still look back at that conversation as the thing that sort of unlocked in me to say that, hey, you can do this too. Camilla Sander and I, I'm Shabazz Larkin, sat down with her and we had a conversation about where she thought Nashville was going. We got some advice on what we should be doing on a Thursday. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is too much, slow down. Peace, God, peace. From Music City, Nashville, to the world. This is not a podcast. This is not a conversation about art. This is an attempt to wake you up. And now that I've got your attention, don't listen to the words. Listen to the silence between the words. You are now entering the Museum Museum of of Presence. Yes, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great, actually. Now that I finally get to have a conversation with Ashley Curry. (laughs) Yes, so we are here with Ashley Curry, founder and editor of Urbanite Magazine, Shabazz, artist, and just everything wonderful. Yes. That's about good. And me, Camila Sanders, founder of Greater Than Equal, and also host of Fashion Futurist Podcast and Community. <laughs> but we're here in the Museum of Presence, right? <laughs> I love so it. So we are very present with this conversation. So I'm super excited. I have definitely heard your name in rooms, and everyone's like, you should meet Ashley. So here we are now. I love what you're doing in the community. And you're from Nashville, right? Yes, I was going to say, well, first, thank you, guys. Thank you, Shabazz. Thank you, Camilla. So all these kind words, I appreciate it. And yes, I am a Nashville native. And a lot of the reasons on why I started Urbanite was due to that and seeing my city really transforming, obviously. And that's why people are moving here and all the things. So, yes. Yeah, so I moved here in 2013. And to be honest with you, it was a little bit of a shock because it looked like a cool place and everything. Actually been here a number of times before for conferences. Like this is like the it city. Everybody (laughs) wants to go here. Um, And I moved here. And when I went out, I was like, okay, I'm in the wrong place. (laughs) 
Like, and I know there's people like urban, I have air quotes, like urban people here, but where do they hang out? What are they doing? And I also found myself, well, I still live here. So it kind of grows on you. Like, <laughs> what do you think it is about Nashville? And I know you've seen the growth over the year. What is it about Nashville that makes it that it city that everyone wants to get to? And why are we stuck? Like, why do we stay here? <laughs> well, I, I really think Nashville as a whole, it's still so welcoming and people are just really friendly. And it's just naturally that. Like, when you go away, like I... Went to school and had time, you know, up north around Chicago, suburbs of Chicago. Like, it's not like that. And so Nashville is very much home. I always say there's literally like one, nine, like 0.5 degree of separation. So, you know, there's always a connection and there's always someone willing to say, hey, you need to talk to such and such or hey, you need to do this. And especially Black Nashville, being from here and even having time where I left, when I say, oh, my mom is this person or, oh, you know, my cousin or it's, there's always that bond, and I think it naturally projects out to people that come, and so they like it. I think you mentioned it's kind of slower still, but yet still things to do. You don't feel as overwhelmed like when you go to other cities. Yeah, it does have that like sense of community. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. let's talk a bit about Urbanite Magazine, mm -hmm. which I think is super cool, super dope. Yeah. <laughs> it is, and to be honest, when I came to Nashville, I had to figure out what was happening, who is who, yeah. and then, you know, Urbanite Magazine comes along, and this is exactly <laughs> what I needed when I moved there. So, you know, why did you start Urbanite Magazine, and why do you think it's so essential to the Nashville community? Yeah, so... I started Urban Night. My background is in marketing and advertising. And so when I moved back to Nashville and like it was growing and it was all the things, I just felt there's a narrative missing. One, I'm the type of person that loves to get out and go to places. And so I would go to like the top 10 places. And sometimes I'd be like, I shouldn't have gone here. Like bad vibes, bad energy. Like who oh told gosh. you guys this was a cool place to go? And just different things like that. On the other side of it, I was meeting a lot of cool people, a lot of entrepreneurs, kind of just getting myself plugged back in, you know, after being gone for so long. And so I wanted to share their stories. And so you weren't necessarily seeing those stories within like the local media scene. So I just felt, well, since I know how to build a website, I know how to do some design, slight work, I could do this and really just start sharing stories. Had no idea what it would turn into, which I don't suggest, but yeah, I did that. I actually had a partner, so I was going to start it together. And then she ended up moving to Atlanta and literally started it and launched it, you know, by myself. And so, yeah, it was a, definitely a lesson, but it was really cool in regards to seeing how people rallied around it because we never had any kind of like marketing budget. You know, when I work on campaigns, you know, you have big budgets and your media and your media plan, you're doing this stuff. No, it was literally a lot of word of mouth. We had a kind of strategic approach with using insiders or people that are kind of in the community that can help share Urbanite. And so thankfully we were able to grow and really sustain a community of people that, you know, look out for the stuff we share every week. And so that's a blessing. And it's also goes to show that people do want that. Every time people are always like, hey, I didn't know about this. Even when I'm, do people want to read this? Because sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? But then I get an email, I get, you know, I see somebody out or whatever. And they're like, oh my gosh, I just went to this new gym because I saw it on Urbanite. Or, oh my gosh, you know, I just found my new therapist because I saw it on Urbanite. And I'm like, oh, yay, I'm so excited. That's why I think it's essential. All roads leading Nashville Music City. 
You mentioned there's a, there's these moments where you wonder, is anyone interested? Is anyone listening? Like, what do you do there? Like, how do you, what is, how do you make it to the other side of that question or that doubt? Or what, what brings you to that? Yeah, that's good. So I think for me, one, my faith is huge. And so one thing I do know of like God brings you to something, he'll bring you like through it as well. And so I think even as I've been, sometimes I say I've been, I wouldn't say stifling urbanite, but it's always just kind of been right here. And so, you know, what does it look like with growth and what does it look like doing that? And so I think for me, there's still a space to be able to grow and do those things. So I kind of hold on to like my initial vision, hold on to my faith, pray about it, and then keep going. Like, I know we have our editorial calendar. We have to push out content every week. I set myself up on this process. And then probably one of the biggest things was when we actually finally started taking on advertisers, because I did not take on advertisers for a long time because you're you now have to actually do stuff. Like before I could just tell stories when I wanted to. So if I didn't want to tell stories, I didn't have to. No one was looking for me. That was also a push because, you know, when you take somebody's money, you have to give them a result back. So anyway, I think also knowing that I'm held accountable for now being able to provide our service, being able to provide our content, being able to provide all those things because that's what people are looking for us to do. So that's also a part of it too. It's an interesting parallel thing for us because yeah. the Museum of Presence was generously funded by the Metro Arts National Commission. But that's, you know, that's it. And there's people who are like, hey, just tossing us, saying, hey, can I want to support, I want to give you some money. Yes. And we're like, thank you, but what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> yeah, and we're hesitant to like, really accept anything from anyone mm-hmm. so that we can be free and just let this be, a, our first piece be a fun piece. But yeah. I don't know how that changed for you. Yeah, I mean, it... One, my mother is a big component of like, say what you mean, what you say, do what you mean, all the things. And so once you're taking in somebody's money, it just made me really feel like one, it turned into a, a like a real business. So like right before COVID, we were in a program through one of our local entrepreneur centers. And so they were talking to me because I was sharing my numbers on our community and how we've grown. And they're like, oh, wow, actually, you should really, you know, like really do advertising. And I've heard that before. And I'm like, no, but... Once I did it, it allowed me to start thinking differently. And then obviously COVID happened. So then it was, okay, now what am I thinking about too? So just changing mindsets and kind of like really seeing where Urban Eye could go. And then from there, I guess me being able to let go of things to have other people help because a lot of things I did by myself, I don't know if it's whatever, but you're always like, I can do it. I can do this. I can do that. And it's like, oh gosh, like let go of that. And so it's been great ever since I've really been able to let go of like, I need to do it all. People can help. We can get this. We can do advertising. We can do all these things and it's good. But initially it's very nerve wracking, very nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing that story. I mean, as a fellow entrepreneur, that's very inspiring. (laughs) Like like I can keep pushing. I can keep pushing. And one thing that that we keep saying is like the story, telling people's Mm -hmm. stories. And I know that's so important for an entrepreneur, people in the community, because people know what you do, but they don't know like who you are or why you do it. Or how you got it, how you got through. Right, how you got Mm -hmm. through. And even, you know, when I'm able to tell my story, my friends are like, like people that I've known 
known for years. They're like, I didn't even know that about you. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about that, about some of the stories that you feature Urbanite or just like what angle you use to tell people's stories? Yeah. So for Urbanite, I've always wanted to one, steepen in celebration and joy. So I think one, focusing on African-Americans and our community Sometimes we tend to focus either on celebrity entertainment or we focus on trauma. And so for me, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make sure we were a real lifestyle brand. A lot of times people don't think lifestyle or, you know, we're biggest consumers. We're doing all the things like we love things. We love experiences. We love laughing. We love celebration. On top of, yes, there's other things. And so I felt I wanted to focus on that lifestyle, number one. And then I wanted to focus on the people first. So with all of the stories we do, there's normally some type of component. If we're going to feature a gym, we're going to talk about the owners and why they started it versus just saying, hey, you can go to boot camp or you can go here. We're going to give you that, but we're going to talk about like why they started it, have them be the face, have them be able to talk about their experiences. So that's kind of always been my intention around it because I feel people connect with people, right? And so I would say that's really how we approach storytelling. And my whole goal is always to shed light on hidden gems or shed light on something that One of my friends said at one point, like, where do you find these? Like, I've never. And I'm like, I always love if I'm out. I am very much listening. It may not seem like it, but I'm very intentional. Like, if I hear something or I'm like, oh, I didn't know this or that. Or like, even listening to you, Camille, like, I'm already like, oh, yeah. So this is happening. Like, we totally have to talk about what you're doing, obviously, you know, all the things. So, yeah, that's just being intentional on what I'm hearing. And then how can we share that story of what they're doing in Nashville? Yeah, you are a connector. I heard you say that before. And I feel like, you know, I am the one that we're like the same person. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, it's almost when you're describing that, I'm thinking you're really creating a paradigm shift of what people typically think about urban, you know, mm-hmm. African-Americans. Like you telling those stories, it's shifting what people typically see in the media. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. thought about that, but I hope so. I really, especially now with just all the things, and it's real heavy at times. So for me, I'm always looking for escape and respite because sometimes if you're watching the news, you can get bogged down. I mean, it's a lot. And so, yeah, I hope there's a shift. I hope that we also have the shift too, like within our own community as well as just community at large where how they view and see people. But at the same time, I just hope Each person that I'm allowed to share their story feels great about it, can utilize that for future things that they're doing and continue to get excited about the work that they're doing because they see somebody wanting to share it. Because sometimes I know people are looking for a Vogue or something, you know, to share their stories, but local media can really help too. And sometimes that'll give you that boost you didn't even think you needed. So, so yeah. It definitely does. Man, somebody told me that there's nothing you can do with national fame. It doesn't actually help you. It only hurts you everywhere so, you go. Yeah, but yeah. local fame, if people know you where you live, yeah. it's yeah. very rewarding and helpful. I love that. Yeah. Yes, you know, like, I get that because mm-hmm. when I do our show, after I do our show, I feel like everybody knows me <laughs> everywhere I go. Everybody does know you should have. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's dope because I feel like there's people there supporting my kids. There's people... Yeah. That is about my community, people that come over my house and eat dinner with me. If I'm in Albuquerque, that happens. I'm scared. But here in my own community, it feels like a beautiful relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, yeah, that's a good, 
never heard that, but I 100% agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned, you said something, you mentioned sometimes it's heavy. Can you talk just a little bit more about that? Like some of the challenges that you face on this journey of telling mm-hmm. everyone's story and like, how did you overcome them? Yeah. Well, one, I would say to start off, like when I first started Urban Eye, a lot of people were saying, oh, you shouldn't focus on or center. Because, you know, at the end of the day, anyone can consume whatever. As African-Americans, we've been consuming all things non-Black <laughs> at times for a while, and we've been in spaces where we've been the only one. But at the same time, they said, oh, you shouldn't just focus on the African-American experience. And I was like, well, that's weird, because I felt it, there was a need for it. And so I think... Some of the obstacles were one, just continuing to, you know, going back to when I said with my faith and everything, just continuing to kind of have that check in like, yes, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm in alignment. This vision is where I should be going because sometimes so much noise. And I think it's continued to get more noise. Everyone knows that anything you're trying to do, it's always going to be 50, 11 things like, oh, you should probably do this, you you know, that. And as soon as you put something out, somebody is always going to have something to say, whether it's good, bad or indifferent. And so being able to just kind of get past that, I think has probably been one of the biggest things that I feel like I'm doing better at and trying to stay focused on what it is that God has deposited in me to do. And so I think that's probably the hardest thing. It's us sometimes. It's like, what do they say? Getting past me. So yeah, I would say that. Finding stories and finding things, that's easy. But then putting it out there, yeah. You don't want to second guess yourself, especially when you're trying to do things and and all that. How do you do that? Like, how do you shut out all that noise, stay focused, stay authentic to what Mm -hmm. you know, your vision and your purposes and really follow what God, what you know that God has Mm -hmm. for you? Like, how do you hear that? How do you Mm -hmm. stay focused on that when there's so much noise? Oh, man. One, I feel like I'm being so cheesy, but prayer and devotion are huge. So that's a kind of daily part of what I do. I also try to make sure that I am planning out what my day looks like the day before. And then every like Sunday, I'm really looking at my whole week. Like I always say, if it's not in my calendar, it's not going to happen. So doing that and then really trying to, I always call it like my funnel. And I think, I don't know, it goes back to like marketing class or whatever, but Anytime, especially as you're growing or whatever, there's always opportunities. There's always someone saying, you should do this, you should do that. I always try to like run it through my funnel of like, hey, this is what you said you wanted to accomplish in 2023. Or, hey, this is what you said you wanted to accomplish this month or whatever that looks like. And if it doesn't necessarily align with that, then I don't have to do it. So then that kind of makes it even better to continue to stay focused on what I do want to do and what, you know, I'm planning to do. Those are like some of the things I do, but I got three things. Yeah. (laughs) Prayer and devotion. Yeah. Which you said might be cheesy, but if that's cheesy, I hope magazine is cheesy. Okay. (laughs) Everything about this project is cheesy. Absolutely. So prayer and devotion. Mm -hmm. You said planning ahead Mm -hmm. the week for the week ahead and having selective focus On the things that yeah. are in your purview, yep. in your circle, and part of your goals. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. I'm taking it here first. <laughs> editor, insert Jamaican <laughs> words here as well. 
too. So I can't wish you had. I love I'm it. No, you're good. <laughs> so when I've heard your name, I have not just heard it with Urbanite. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know that you have your hand yes. in a lot of yes. different things mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. And even Urbanite is like a huge thing. Right? Thank you. So how do you practice self-care, being involved in the community, mm-hmm. doing all the things and all the different things? Like, what are some of the things that you do to practice mindfulness and self-care? Yeah, yeah. So definitely trying to make sure to always have so family is very important to me and family and friends and so I think sometimes people don't think that can re-energize you just in itself and sometimes when you're busy doing all the things like I do always want to make sure like I'm checking in and seeing my mom I'm stopping by her house I'm checking in with like my friends and I'm making sure we have those intentional moments to go on a trip or to just have brunch or to just go over their house because they just, you know, built their patio and they're like, yo, you got to come over and see it. So one, that is a part of self-care, family and friends, because they are so important to me. They're why I do what I do. That's very important. And also for me, I try to take time to just do things that I enjoy doing that have nothing to do with work because it's so much like Urbanite is a, it really is a constant, but you still have to, you know, have time to step away. So like everyone knows I love like hiking. You can find me at Radnor. I love, you know, doing kind of outdoorsy things, even though I hate insects and bugs. Everyone's like, I've never seen it, but I love it. So yes, it's like making those times and then travel is a big one for me. So I do try to always, you know, ensure if I'm not taking like a little, mini weekend trip or whatever like I'm taking some type of travel but then I always have like little moments and I didn't realize it until I was listening to another podcast but those are like my self-care moments but like literally at the end of days I love make so I love tea I don't drink coffee I love like don't get me started on my loose leaf tea and everything like I'll make my tea I'll have my day and then like either I'm like now I don't know if that's I'll be watching reality TV, but I'll be drinking my tea and I'm like, this is good. And so those are moments too where I try to take it just throughout the day to have a moment. I may like take a walk or have my tea and you know, center. And then of course, you know the usual things like I love getting my nails done, doing facials, all the things. But eating is really like my self-care too. I love trying new restaurants. Yeah. Basic me. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the Museum of Presence. And so you named all these things like traveling and visiting family and mm-hmm. friends and going hiking. And I know, like, when you have so much stuff to do, are you there, like, thinking about <laughs> Urban Night? Like, how do you, like, check out? Do you check out in those moments and you're, like, very present? Like, how... Yes, I'm very much a checker outer. <laughs> um, That's a thing. Absolutely. You're a checker outer. Yes, I am. And I'm thankful for that 100%. I will check out, especially like dinners or whatever. And sometimes I get on like family and friends because I'm the one. I won't have my phone at dinner. I won't have my phone on hikes. I, I want to be there because literally I don't want to think about anything else because I know I'm going to get back to it. So, yeah, I do try to do that. I think it's important. Why is it important? Because we're so full, it's so much noise, y'all. It's a lot. Like, if you think about your day, I was literally in, it was like this professional development, it was like a workshop, women's workshop, whatever, a couple months ago. And she was talking about how many times we're interrupted, like with phones or whatever. She said the average person, it was something crazy, like 176 times a day, you're from, and that means any type of lighting of your phone, so if it's a notification or 
that's a lot for one person. So, you know, you have to. Otherwise, you'll never be able to be focused. Never. And I can't have that. I'm, I can't. So I have to for myself. And that's notifications too. I remember when I first turned on my notification for my phone, like a, it was several years ago when I discovered on my iPhone. And like my friends were like, oh my God, this girl, you can't get in touch with her after nine. She done, like, everyone was all talking about me, like, you better call Ashley by 8.45. And now I notice more and more people are using that do not disturb. Now they add a little focus. And I'm like, it's nice, isn't it? Like, I love that. So I do. I try to turn things off just for my, you know, my sanity and my purposes, you know, for me. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so important. And Shabazz. (laughs) The theme of the first newspaper is... May I be brave enough to speak my truth. Okay. What does that mean to you? Ooh. Are there times that you've ever been, that you feel like you've ever been, like, brave enough to speak your truth? Oh. It depends on settings. Okay. Talk it, it about depends it. On, yeah, yeah. It depends on settings because I can be a very private person. That's so interesting that you say mm-hmm. that because you have an entire magazine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Called the Urbanite. Oh, um, and it's almost as if you just putting that magazine out there is speaking your truth. Yeah. You know? That like, is, this is oh, me. Yeah. This is who I am. That's this true. is what I believe in. This is what I'm promoting. Mm-hmm. Well, I never, oh my God, I just had like a revelation right now. Thank you, Lord. But yeah, I guess it is. And I guess Urbanite has been that space. Yes, because it does kind of, if you Look at Urbanite and like what we focus on, what we talk about. It's definitely things that speak to me, people, their stories or whatever. So, yeah, I guess so. And I guess it's a way, I guess it is a way to do it. And it's it's uncompromising. Like you didn't compromise. You didn't say I'm going to do something else. You're like, no, this Mm -hmm, is what I'm mm -hmm. doing, what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's your truth. In the face of questioning whether or not that be what you do in Mm -hmm. many ways. Yeah. So I think that you're at least with some of the work that we know about are a shining example of what it is to be true. Oh, thank you. So thank you for that work. Yeah. Oh, thank y'all. I missed up long here, but that's something you want to give God glory for that you accomplished. You know what? God, I woke up this morning in my right mind and that Sometimes you got to pat yourself on the back and you got to raise the other hand and say, God, where would I be if it were not for you, if it had not been for the Lord on my side? So look at somebody and say, excuse me, but tell them I need to take a moment and give God glory for the process. I need to thank God for the stuff I've been overlooking. Baby, I'm giving God glory for every little step I take, every little breakthrough he makes. I'm giving him glory. I wanted to make sure that we asked you just a little bit about your column. I'd love for you to tell us, you know, Mm -hmm. what people expect from your column. For what reasons should they be tapping in? And Mm -hmm. just tell us a little bit more. So, yeah, you're, this is, I guess, continued truths are coming out. I am really excited about being able to share those places and attractions and food spots and all that. I enjoy. And so coming from just my vantage point and in talking to Shabazz, actually, when we first were talking about it, I realized that I'd never done that. So people can really expect food, cultural attractions, and they can definitely expect Black-owned businesses for sure, because it's it's just 
innate, obviously, within me, and just a new way to experience Nashville. Coming to a Thursday night near you. <laughs> and no. yes to Thursday. I just want to say, Shabazz, Thursday is like my new day. I love yeah. Thursdays. Thursday. Going Thursday is it. It's my self-care day, it's Trez. Thursdays, I don't love. call me on Thursday because you're not gonna get me. I love a good Thursday. People yeah. sleep on a Thursday like they still get happy hours. Thursday, yeah. you know, you can get specials. You can get a special on your self care if you get a yeah. massage. Check with your folks All during right. those days. Top three spots in Nashville. What do you got? Okay. One, I would say Cheekwood. Okay. It's this gym that nobody kind of knows about. And in the spring, it's absolutely beautiful. Highly underrated. And you can enjoy that in the spring. Next, I would say the Cupcake Collection. The reason why I would say the Cupcake Collection is because it's just become a staple. And I'm just, her whole story and her whole experience, and to have a staple like that in Nashville, it's huge. You know, you think about destination establishments, and that's one. And so... Shout out to the gluten-free sweet potatoes. Y'all don't know, gotta get that. I didn't know about the gluten-free, but just the regular sweet potato. I literally was just there this weekend. Radner Lake, yes, I would definitely say get into it. It's great for self-care. It's great for walking. They have different trails, so you don't always have to, like, pick the one where you're, you know, doing crazy stuff. But I would say that's a really good one because it'll get you outside. It's always people, different things great experience and yeah and it's not that far but it makes you feel like you've like really gone really far i love it i love it cheek wood cupcake collection, collection. right now like i haven't been to right yeah. so. really yeah i would definitely you have to go oh and cinema for brunch okay that's cinema. it okay, okay. yes so good that's the best in. To cinema. You have to make sure it's you're doing so a good week to two before and you're in there. You gotta make some, you gotta be on top of your stuff. And let's, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna call them like, yo, Ashley Curry told daddy's check y'all. They were actually my, our first location. They were open to having a shoot when we first were launching Urbanite and we needed, we went to three different spots and cinema is, you know, black on as well, but they mm-hmm. let us shoot there they did we they did little company advertisers for us and we had a whole photo shoot there and they were open to doing that so i'm always like i appreciate cinema because they didn't have to really do that and it was a really cool experience bless god yeah Damn, i'm so hungry right now <laughs> i'm telling you <laughs> their food is good it, it's, is. it is good it's yeah. a good experience so i'll check it out Love it. So this has been wonderful. Thank Thanks you. for all that you're sharing. Looking Thank forward you. to your time. Oh. Awesome. Thank you. Thank awesome. y'all. I'm so excited. If you want to see the rest of Ashley's list of places to go, you have to find her column in the Museum of Presence. In fact, there are a bunch of columnists that we've collected from all over Nashville. There is Hunter, Claire, and Joe Clemens, who write RSVP Nashville, that has a very lovely array of things to do in the city. CE Gallery is hosting a little information of this underground nightlife, party life scene. There is also a really dope column with Emmanuel LeGreer, who is the host of Commonwealth, which is sort of like a men's fashion community. And then there is also Jennifer Wong of the Nashville 
people of color, Sangha. So really great communities and four corners of Nashville to check out and get involved with. I should point out that the Museum of Presence is made possible by a grant from Metro Arts Nashville a contribution from Studio Bank, and it's also made possible from listeners just like you. So thank you. We have a full volunteer staff, Tanya Lewis, who actually was the owner of that coffee shop, The Post East, and who introduced me to Ashley Clare in the first place, Evan Brown, Camila Sander, and this is a great episode. And with that, I'm Shabazz Larkin. You are now entering the Museum of Presence.